Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Wrap Up Podcast with Jake Fratinsky. Bringing you down-to-earth, exclusive interviews with hip-hop artists from around the world. This is the Wrap-Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fertinsky, and I am joined by such an incredible guest today in Trev Rich. Trev Rich comes straight out of Denver. He is the artist coming out of Denver right now. In the last couple years, he's been really coming on, Grammy-nominated at this point, and since then, his career has just taken off. So I just wanted to take some time to sit down with him and see what his plans are and how he's gotten to where he's gotten to so far. Trev, how you doing today? Yo, yo, how you doing, bro? I appreciate that. That was one of the best uh, intros I done had in the interview, so I appreciate that, bro. Of course. Look, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling the love. Trev, let's start from the beginning. How did you yeah. actually get into hip-hop, or what introduced you, or did someone introduce you to it? How did you end up becoming a hip-hop artist in the first place? I mean, it was pretty much you got raised in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter who it was, you definitely got raised in to hit hop music where I'm from. You know, all me, my friends, everybody. And it's just like Denver's a melting pot. So somebody could have easily got raised on East Coast music, West Coast music, Southern artists. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't just like a bunch of Denver artists that we was just getting raised around in hip hop. It was it was national artists, but like my friends was on East Coast music before I was, you know what I'm saying? Like West Coast music, Southern music, I got put on too. So it was like, this whole culture was, you know, we grew up in a hip hop culture. So we was always around it. As far as like me doing it, that's another story. <laughs> For sure. It comes down to what you're brought up in, right? What you're surrounded in, what type of music you're listening to on a daily basis. And that, I guess, produces great rap artists that's how it starts right you got to come from there and and be a part of that and really have that connection to that type of art and you know it, it shows up in in all your music and all the hits you've had it really shows up and that's why you are where you are now tell me about the ride about getting grammy nominated obviously that's a big deal not a lot of artists get to that point that was, I think, what really put you on the map, what really took you to that next level. Tell me a little bit about that. And then obviously we can talk about the record deal and all the other stuff that went on there too. Yeah, I mean, the, the Grammy was crazy because it was out the blue. 
You know, like we knew we had something with that movie. We knew it was going to get a lot of awards and nominations, but we didn't know that, you know, the Grammy was, <laughs> the, the Grammy nod was coming. So when we started working on, you know, the Spider-Man single, the record that we had on the Spider-Man soundtrack, I started to work on that as a songwriter. You know, and I was working on it as a songwriter, and they just ended up saying, nah, we're going to leave you on this song, bro. Like, we're going to leave you on the song. It's going to be on the movie. I'm just like, what the hell? You know, so it was, like, super dope, but it was just a blessing because, uh, you know, I was I was trying to take an opportunity to do something that I really hadn't got my feet wet in yet, which is songwriting. You know, that was, like, pretty much my first songwriting placement, but I ended up being an artist on there, too. So, yeah, it was, it was a pretty dope experience that I got to, you know, uh, that I got to get with working on the Spider-Man sport. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. I think that's something that's truly surreal. I mean, I've never won a, or nominated for a Grammy. I never will be. I'm not in the music industry, but I can yeah. understand how big of a deal that is for someone who's trying to make it, who's someone who's trying to make their mark. Having something like a Grammy nomination is just, it takes you and catapults your career. Let's talk a little bit about your record deal that you had with cash money records. I know there was some issues with cash money. It didn't necessarily have to do with you. And that maybe stalled you a little bit, but I believe you've now gone out on your own and you're killing it, man. Yeah, man. So it was really just a situation that, you know, it's kind of, you get into situations that you just have to learn from, you know? So like, I wouldn't change anything, but it was like, especially the timing. I feel like the timing was probably the worst part of the situation that, you know, when I signed with Cash Money and what was going on, because like literally they haven't had an artist since, you know? So it's kind of been just the slow play and like everybody's doing their thing and I'm glad everybody's on the up and up. Cause like, I still talk to people from Cash Money, you know, we still on good terms, but it was just like, especially with the Wayne and the, the Bird situation going down, like it was just kind of like, I jumped on the ship as it was sinking just because I wanted to jump on that ship to my whole life, bro. Like, you know, what artists wouldn't want to sign to Cash Money? <laughs> so I didn't, sure. I didn't understand the dynamics of what was going on and how heavy it was actually going to turn out to be but it ended up being a blessing man like I got to you know see a lot of things and then I got to know what I wanted from a situation and what I didn't want from a situation and I got to end up being back on my own which is what I kind of wanted from the beginning and that just taught me that you know I could do it myself I didn't need all of that shit to do it. yeah let, let's talk a little bit about that because when we look at at least at least me, obviously I'm just a huge rap hip hop artist fan. That's that's what I am. And for me, what I've seen it with so many artists that are trying to make it, particularly in hip hop, is that to get to the top, a lot of times you think you have to go through a record label. But what we're learning is that's not the case. You can get to the top. Without a label, you can do it as an independent and it's happening more and more, whether it's through social media, putting your stuff out on YouTube, anyone can get their stuff out on Spotify. Those types of platforms have given right. artists the ability to do it without a label. But I guess for you, you talked about that you've learned a little bit from being a part of that label and understanding what you really want. Because I think what happens to a lot of young artists is they sign with a big label because obviously that's the goal, right? You want to be part of a big label. But what can happen is, is they end up really restricting you, whether it's on the creative front or whether it's just the fact that you feel constrained, you feel forced to move in a certain direction and follow certain rules. And I feel like a lot of artists end up getting stuck in situations that they can't get out of. 
fortunately for you, you were able to get out no problem, basically. And that's pretty incredible, right? You got out unscathed and your career has taken off since then. Maybe talk to me a little bit about what it's like being an independent artist, how amazing it might be in terms of creativity and your creative juices and coming up with new art and, you know, new songs without needing to get approvals from a million people. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the part of that. I love troll situations. I still don't like it about label situations. Even when I work with artists who are assigned to labels, we got to go through clearances and they got to clear this and they got to approve this. And they got like, bro, I hate all of that. So <laughs> me just being able to drop music when I want to drop music and, you know, put music out and connect with my fans when I want to. Like I could say I'm dropping on SoundCloud today. I just came up with the idea to say, look, we're probably coming out with a new project, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, well, we are coming out with a chapter one of a new project, you know what I'm saying, soon. But I'm like, well, let's tie everything together. So I'm going to drop a song today on SoundCloud. Like, I couldn't do that if I was signed to a label, you know? I would I would definitely have to run and buy people and talk to people, which is like, you always want a team, but you will always want the team to be behind your vision and whatever your vision is, you know what I'm saying? You don't want, like, your vision to get skewed because of the team you have so i'm just lucky to have the team to be able to lead my team instead of having to ask questions and permission to do stuff tell me a little bit about features i know at least from from my side i see tons of my favorite artists featured on other songs or they have features what's the process with doing that and does it make it any different being an independent artist versus being on a label what if an artist who's under a label wants you to feature? Are there issues with that? Is it really simple? Is it more of a community thing? Nah, it's pretty simple. If you just, you know, like an artist has to be in control in their situation. You know what I'm saying? If an artist ain't really in control in their situation, then it's kind of going to be, you know, people going to butt heads and management going to butt heads and all of that stuff, but just having people who really like got your best interest at heart behind you, you know, it'll never be like a big deal. Like we could do, we I could get people on my songs, I could jump on people's songs and it's never like no big issues, but it's just like, man, we let's just get this clear. You know, it, you just have to do business the way labels do business. I feel like that's the biggest difference. Like an independent artist still gonna do business, but it's just not the same way as a label does business, you know? Pretty incredible. It's, it's such an amazing thing, I think, that you see out of hip hop, which which to me, it at least as a as a listener, it looks like as someone who follows all you guys, it's pretty incredible to see the type of community and the way I think artists a lot of times are helping each other out. I don't necessarily see that nearly as often in other types of of whether it's rock or, or anything else, really jazz, whatever it might be, you don't see it as much as you see it in hip hop. There's so much of that culture attached to it. And I think that, that because of that, it provides a really good base for artists to work together, to collaborate. You see a lot of collaborations that you don't necessarily see in other music forms. And that to me is what really blows my mind because in the end, it is entertainment, it is business, but like you said, Guys just want to work together. They want to be featured on each other's songs. They want to get big. They want to be famous. They want to make money. Whatever the reason, there seems to be that connection between artists where they're able to work together. And that to me is, is something that's truly amazing in the hip hop industry. When we talk about you, when we talk about your career, tell me a little bit about what your biggest hit was. So obviously you got the Grammy nomination. 
you were on the soundtrack for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. What was your biggest hit song so far? And when it hit big, what did it feel like? Uh, man, it, it's like different ranges. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like numbers wise, Flex Sun was probably one of my bigger songs just because like it had the steam behind it, the numbers, like people was supporting the DJs, was hitting me up trying to play it. So Flex was like super big. I had to do that pretty much every every show I, I had, every club I walked into that was playing Flex Sun. So like outside of the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, Flex was probably like one of my bigger songs because it was just like, it was huge numbers wise. You know, I can still go look at numbers right now and see, you know, flex. I would say like, as far as like hip hop, just strictly hip hop dreams, the song that I had on Joe Budden's album, that was probably a big, a big, big one too. Like a lot of people still talk to me and come up to me reciting lyrics from dreams. So that was like huge, but it's like me, I'm, pro I'm more of a project guy. So a lot of people come up and talk to, oh, I like this project. I like that project. I like this project, that project. It's never really just about like one song. So, you know, that's, and I like that. I like it that way. I don't like just, you know, being a song. I like being an artist. I love to hear that. That's exactly what you want to hear from an artist. Someone that wants to not just create one song or one hit. They want to create a complete and you call it project, I could call it collection, record, you know, CD, whatever yeah. your term, yeah. it's, it is, it's an incredible thing that as an artist, you want to create a full story, right? Every song connects to each other, exactly. the, deciding the order of the songs on an album. That's obviously a big thing too. And not having a record label, you get to pick and choose what you want on the record and what order you want it into, which is also probably something that's beautiful about being an independent artist. I want to play a little clip of one of your songs that I listen to all the time, Bird's Eye View. I love it. I think it's really unique. I think it's really raw. I think it's really real. And then we'll close out this episode just sort of talking about your plans for the future and what you want to accomplish. Okay, let's do it. Talking to God, he's talking to self, only for thanks, never for help. People be super religious and looking at niggas like we cannot think for ourselves. Like having my heaven on earth is a problem. And living in hell is living regardless. Why even try to get rid of these problems if I gotta die just to get out the bottom? I know some Christians and Muslims and witches and wizards. I know they hearts versus they titles, so I couldn't treat any one of them different. I'm learning more from sitting with shrooms and sitting in pews. Granny, I'm sorry, I'm switching my views. The light in the dark, I need them together, can't split them in twos. I'm living my truth. And she's 82, but stuck in her way. I know her life, cause I know her pain. And she wants that change, but she afraid to say that she might have did it all wrong. But imagine the family she saved. Cause what if she knew all along? Incredible. I, I, I love that song. I just want to go, uh, uh. Like, it's such a catchy, good tune. Talk to me a little bit about that song. What, what it means, it, you know, to me, it feels really raw. It feels really meaningful. You feel and sound like an artist. Yeah, like that song was kind of like my great awakening, man. Like bird's eye view. And there was a lot of things like, cause I feel like I, people like think they awakening just like happens and then it's like over and it's like, but nah, like it's still continuing, bro. So me like figuring out different 
aspects of life, different ways of thinking and different ways of, you know, being spiritual and praise and all that stuff. Like that was just a song that I felt like I had to write, you know? And when I kind of like got into my whole bag and writing the song, it just flows so effortlessly. I'd be writing the song. The song was probably finished in like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And I think I did that song the same day I did Gandhi. So it was really like, that session was like one of the most epic sessions that I've had just because those two songs came out of it. And it was like, you know, like we knew we had something as a project after we finished those two songs and we started really building the project around those. But Bird's Eye View and, you know, Gandhi and Bill, they always get like neck and neck and neck and neck for everybody who's like their favorite songs on the, on the, on the project. But Out the Dark, like, I just wanted to create something timeless. I didn't want to make anything for now. You know, something that maybe like a kid who's like a fan of hip hop may not understand right now, but in 10 years, they could go back and listen to it and be like, bro, he was talking crazy like 10 years ago about this type of stuff, you know? So that's like just a project that I wanted to, you know, give out with, without the dark. And I feel like we accomplished that. It's an unbelievable response. And look, we, we didn't have this prepped or anything like that. I just thought I'll flip this song on. I didn't even know the story about how important this song was to you in, in terms of how you wrote it, how you prepared it, the actual session of recording. It's pretty incredible that you wrote that in such a short period of time. But I guess as a listener, to me, it struck a chord with me because I just hear it flowing. Like, like you said, you wrote it so quickly. It just flowed so naturally. Like that is the exact kind of thing. This is the exact reason why I started this show because I want to talk to artists yeah who really care about the craft and who can say, yeah, I wrote this song in 20 minutes because it just flowed out of me because that is what I am here to do. That is why I'm on this earth. It's to write great music. So people like you, Jake can sit down and do your work at your desk and listen to my <laughs> music all day and have a great time, you know, and that's a serious song. And yet it still puts me in a good mood. It, it gets me popping. It gets me going every morning. I listen to this song all the time. So it, it's pretty amazing to hear that story from you and hear that background that I didn't necessarily know. And I doubt our listeners will know that either. So it, it's really, really interesting. Trev, I want to close this out by asking about your plans moving forward. What's the goal right now? What's not only the artistic goal, what's your plan in terms of music? But what's also your goal in terms of a career? Do you want to keep doing this? How long? How many more projects you want to do? What? What? Where are you at in your headspace right now? Um, I'm right now. I'm. I don't got comfortable in the unknown, bro. So I don't really know. Like I don't want to put a time limit on it. I don't want to put a, you know, like any. I don't want to put any like restrictions on. You know, just my creativity and my life, bro. Like I've embarked on so many new like paths and seen so much more like space and i'm in just different spaces in my life and like this trilogy that i'm working on putting out you know the four letter word it's called four letter words but it's like three part it's a three part you know whatever you want to call it project chapters whatever but you know i feel like authors don't never stop right so it's kind of like i'm just at that point that's where i'm creating stories and it's like if i ever get to the point where i feel like mentally i can't create a story or you know, I'm just not in the mood to create a story. Then I'll say I'm done. But I don't think anybody's ever done. You know, it's just feeding my fan base, feeding my family. That's it. That's that's really what I'm on right now. Who who knows what the next level or what level it's gonna be like, but I feel like it's gonna be a dope one and we just push it towards that right now. 
That's what we want to hear, Trev. That's what I want to hear. Just keep pumping the music out. Keep feeding us. That's exactly what I want to hear. It sounds like you got a lot of big stuff coming. Now, you may not have a specific plan in terms of how long your career goes, and hopefully it goes for a, a really long time. Obviously, I love listening to your music. I think that you're, you're an artist that is just starting. You still have lots to go. You got a lot of great stuff. So anyone listening, check out Trev Rich because not only does he have great stuff, it sounds like he's got a lot of good stuff in the pipeline. So Trev, I want to thank you so much for joining the Wrap Up Podcast. Again, if you want to check us out on social media, we're at the Wrap Up or Wrap Up Podcast. Trev, thank you so much for jumping on and have a good day. All right. Thank you, bro. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.